Black revolutionaries, distillery owners, Italian fashion retailers, and Motown Grammy winners all share their best stories never before told in any other media outlets on Detroit Is Different. Visit DetroitIsDifferent.com or download the Detroit Is Different app on Apple's App Store or Google's Play Store. Welcome back to the Detroit Is Different podcast studios. And today I'm welcome with another creative. You know, we love creatives here. Creatives actually are the lifeblood of, I believe, all of life. Hence the creator, creativity, creation, all of it. You get where I'm coming from. So as we continue with this, it's extending into the friends and family of Detroit is different, like connected to it. Uh, Amber Ewing was like, you got to interview these collection. They're doing like some cool stuff with photography and visions beyond just natural set of photography. So it's like, all right, let's find out what's going on. The Lux experience. Shay Bailey, how are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? Everything is everything. So uh, during this, it, like I, I just mentioned, everything about creativity and what it, you know, connects to and what it connects with right uh you're the first interview of the group um and, and with bailey you probably used to be in first with absolutely so <laughs> you in that mix um i usually start with detroit's story which we'll get there but more so when did you realize that photography was more than you know something that was just cool or a hobby or you know beyond just taking a bunch of selfies so the interesting thing is I work as a makeup artist with mm -hmm. a um, photographer who actually founded um, the Lux Experience. So working in the beauty industry is interesting because you can go through, you can enter through various, you know, ways, if you will. So for me, my entry to beauty was through photographers. So I always have a love for what um, they do um, in regards to their craft. I'm always working to elevate my craft so that I can complement what they do. Um, but I just have a special place in my heart for photographers because that was my entry to beauty. All right. So beauty itself and, and, and you know, what that is, cosmetology, uh, makeup um so many different looks at that and then even makeup uh designing uh and creating what an experience could be exactly what what is something that like you were drawn to even connecting with that when we think of like magazine shoots and mm. things like that what were some of the images that just stood out when you were younger that it's like I i'm attracted to this like this is something where i have an interest Great question. So for me, my interest in um, the art of beauty actually started with art itself. So as a kid, I had an art teacher that took a special liking to me. Um, she would let me stay after, work with her in class. We would paint, we would draw. And she just really helped to cultivate my understanding of color theory, my understanding of symmetry. Later, later, um, literally, I was my uh, semester before earning my bachelor's degree, I had an opportunity to do makeup for a um, fashion show. And doing that makeup opportunity actually ignited something in me and said, wait a second, you don't just like to create on paper, you actually like to create on on someone's face like you can use a face as your canvas so that was my first opportunity to do makeup on someone outside of myself and I actually never left that particular industry I graduated from college and went straight into freelance beauty 
corporate beauty and now I'm back on the freelance end and it's been 15 years and I've loved every second of it. Okay, so now let's get more into the classic Detroit is different story. Um, okay. Your Detroit story. Um, your people, um, are you a first generation Detroiter? Were your fam was your family already in the area? What's your Detroit story? So I technically, I am a first generation Detroiter. My father was born in Detroit. However, his parents were from the South and he was almost born in the South. He just so happened my grandmother was here when he was born. So he was conceived. In he was conceived the in the South. Absolutely. So he was here in Detroit. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. So um, my mother is from Connecticut. Hmm. So uh, my family came here um, like many other black Detroiters in search of jobs with the auto industry in search of what was happening here in the city. There was so much livelihood back during that time, the 50s, the 60s. So that's what brought um, my particular family here. My parents came as children. Like we just said, my father was born here. So um, I grew up here. I have two siblings and um, my husband's from here. Um, all of my children were born here. So it's, it's I mean, nothing less than home. So the South, you mentioned your paternal <laughs> side, Southern roots. Where about mm -hmm. South? Where, what, what state? So they are from um, Mississippi. Mm. So I don't, oddly enough, I haven't visited, I've never been to Mississippi. So hopefully, mm. fingers crossed, I'll be there um, soon. On my mother's side, my grandmother is actually from Georgia. So mm. spent several summers um, growing up in Georgia, particularly Macon County. It's like the heart of Georgia. Um, so I really had a chance to tap into um, our roots there as a people, just to see everything that we um, were able to build there. There was a lot of ownership there, which is very impressive. We didn't necessarily see that up here in the big city, if you will. That's how they would refer to Detroit. So it was nice to go every summer and just see um, black excellence happening um, already for generations um, down in the South and, you know, hoping to bring that here um, to Detroit. Okay, so you mentioned Connecticut as a stop, and that's a, it's unique. I, um, surprisingly, there are black people in Connecticut. You'd be surprised. It's like, you know, certain cities and pockets, like a lot of places, I guess, yeah. when you think about it. It's like nothing but black people, like certain parts of Hartford. Yeah, um, we're from Hartford. Okay. Yeah. What? Um, so from the East Coast to shift and pivot to come to Detroit, that's unique as well. Mm -hmm. uh, but other other career opportunities. Um, in this, were your mother, father, grandparents, were any of them artists? Like, were they sparking more of that, you know, visual arts creativity that you were drawn to? So it's funny, my parents and grandparents, no, I didn't necessarily see um, art or I wasn't introduced to art through them. I found out later um, in my adult years that I do have um, family out in California that are deeply rooted in art. They've actually had, you know, work featured at various exhibits and um, various um, art shows um, throughout cities in California. So it's somewhere in my blood, um, but for me, I'm not sure what made me gravitate towards art. I started drawing Looney Tune characters as a kid. I would decorate my room with favorite? them. Um, Marvin the Martian. Okay, that's an interesting one. Yes. 
Mm-hmm. Interesting voice too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh huh. So, <clears throat> so from the Looney Tune characters came the the like because kids a lot of kids draw. You know, mm-hmm. it's just one of those things that it's like draw, do something. You know. Be productive. Let's mm-hmm. do some drawing. Mm-hmm. When did it shift to saying like, okay, I'm a little bit better than some of my peer group. You know, mm. it's like that Daffy Duck's eyes are like way off my G. Like, when did you start standing <laughs> out? <laughs> so I have to go back to um, this teacher I had. Her name was Miss K, Miss Cavalaskis, to be specific. I, I will always remember her. Burns Elementary, over on uh, Terry and Linden. She she drew a lot of artwork for the school to decorate the school. So we were accustomed to seeing these massive images that she would draw in her downtime you know she would stay after school she would use her prep period to decorate the school and and i remember she had a huge dark wing duck um up on the wall and it made us feel like we were bigger than life as well so she gave us like courage through her art so going back to her and just having her we would have days where all we did was sketch you know, it could be eyeballs. All you had sketch different eyeballs, sketch different, you know, ear shapes. And um, she would collect our sketchbooks at the end of the day and obviously look through them and grade us. And for her to say, you know, hey, I want you to stay after school. You know, I want you to join um, my art club. I want you to um, participate in this exhibit. Um, really showed me, okay, wait a second. I I have I must have a gift here. Like she's seeing something in me. She's acknowledging me. So this is something that um, I should explore more. So that encouraged me to draw at home. And of course, you know how black parents are, right? We love them. They celebrate, you know, even the the minor milestones. So when my, I started to draw at home, my parents started to celebrate it. They would want me to draw pictures to give to people. They started investing um, in my interest of art, you know, buying markers and, and just things that, you know, you wouldn't typically buy. They would invest in more because they saw that it was a gift that I had. That's deep, and that's powerful. Mm-hmm. So you you mentioned Burns. What neighborhood? I'm guessing possibly in that same footprint. So that was it, I, it's crazy. I don't know like the actual you know neighborhood name, um, name but, but over so uh, Shelfont and Terry. Okay. So right down the street from Cooley, you could stand mm-hmm. on my front porch and look to the right and see Cooley High. Okay. So um, went to elementary school over there. Also um, went to middle school from there, and um, high school I went to CMA Communication Media Arts. Okay. So still kind of in that same neighborhood. Yeah. Absolutely. A little bit West Sider. And was that the neighborhood that you lived most of your life? It was. Growing up, I should say. I would say into a certain point. So um, at about 12, we started to shift and move around a little bit. And in Mm -hmm. early, you know, adolescence, we did move um, some too. I don't quite remember a lot of that movement. So when I think about my childhood, I do remember um, Shelfont and Terry um, as being a place we lived at the longest. Mm -hmm. Um, And then at about 12, we started to shift and move around a little bit. But always on the west side so okay. um i would say i've lived up and down finko you know from mm. telegraph all the way you know to heck even past 
probably like Wyoming and even beyond that, probably Livernoy, because my grandmothers okay. lived at Finkel and Livernoy and another lived at Finkel and Wyoming. So Finkel was home. Okay, interesting. And Finkel's definitely, it's a lot of character down Finkel. It is. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of that, that 18 bus route has a lot of character, mm-hmm. as you say. Uh, you know, and, and when I think of like the 90s, you know, it was still, in certain ways, uh, Finkel still had a, more of a commercial corridor inside of a community. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like uh, one of the last interviews, you know, Justin's Records. Oh, um, yes, yes. Like Finkel and Hubble, yeah. Red Devil Pizza Place. Yes, oh my uh, gosh. You know, um, what else is up and down Finkel? Finkel had like all the little, like between Finkel and Puritan, like, a lot of like those neighborhood bars and stuff like yes. that. Yes. Like and funny enough, even when I graduated from college, I was drawn to that area again. Mm-hmm. So um, I was already um, engaged at that time. And my now husband and I, we bought a house over in that area as well Mm -hmm. so it's it's funny how you're just drawn to a space you're from we were more so on puritan but same Mm -hmm. that area that i was familiar to accustomed to so yeah finkel it definitely had its own vibe we didn't really leave for much except for going up to greenfield and Mm -hmm. grand river but that was you know that's right there yeah and that's all in that same greenfield Mm -hmm. grand river um you know i think depending upon where you're at like your generation is like that's mammoth. That's oh my gosh! Yes, <laughs> yeah, mammoth. Know. Everyone got their ears pierced at mammoth. You had the airbrush outfits from mammoth. Yes, yes. We so, spent a lot of time there. And, and in that neighborhood too, uh, even till today, uh, has a lot of families that have been there for generations. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so it, it kind of changes the temperature. I think of a community when you have like families that have been there for like forever. Yes. You know, Mm -hmm. and um, even connecting from that story, you said even looking for a home um, new as a newlywed, you you're drawn back to that community Mm -hmm. because you know it and you feel it. Mm -hmm. Your husband, is he, is he from, uh, is he from Detroit? Is he from, is he an East side or a West side? Or like, what was his take on that neighborhood? So he is from Detroit, Mm -hmm. and interestingly enough, he born and raised his entire life uh, seven mile in Greenfield. So he was seven mile down. So even just Mm -hmm. to move, you know, two miles down. um, That is a whole other world to a seven mile. Finkel might as well be. Finkel might as well be China. Yes, (laughs) yes. So, you know, I mean, we had a a great opportunity on a home um, in a really nice area. We were excited about it. So he definitely, you know, went into it with me. Um, however, it was it, it was interesting because, you know, me moving up and down and having, you know, various homes, mm-hmm. um, the fact that he had been in one um, space, you know, he, he even to this day, he feels very, you know, comfortable um, being there as he should. OK, mm-hmm. that's cool. Cause mm-hmm. it's like- like a, a whole different it's, it's slightly you know what i'm saying that's that's why those refer cooley games oh my it, god would be so interesting mm-hmm. <laughs> the henry ford games and cooley henry ford you yes know, all day back in the day mumford mm-hmm. all day so um from cma school you mentioned like 
are, are you after school or in attending college were you still driven in the makeup journey like or were you more so like you know something else where, where was your mm-hmm. mind at when it comes to the artistry so in college well in high school I was a cheerleader and we you know high schools in Detroit the cheerleaders are the dancers too right we did it all so in college I went into um, dancing and um, um, I actually worked with another group of creatives and we started a hip-hop dance team on our campus because there was no dance happening that I felt like I could relate to so Oakland University. Okay, Oakland. Right. Yes. So still sort of in the footprint. Yeah, still in the footprint. So, you know, the dance team is still here to this day. So that's okay. that's impressive. Um, Y'all like a sorority now. Like, I mean, what, it's funny because like, I see them like, on Instagram. Yeah, I'm like, wow, you guys are still going. That's exciting. So um, went into dance and then um, right, you know, again, coming up, on my graduation, I plan to go into public relations, specifically um, for the Pistons. I was okay. I'm a heavy sports fan. Um, OU is right down it's the street right from down, the Palace, yeah, yeah. right? Like distance, I did my internship mm-hmm. with our sports department. I understood how contracts and you know branding worked from a sports perspective. So my goal was to go into PR right before college had an opportunity to take on this makeup opportunity and before you know within months the makeup took off you know so so right before your college graduation it did it did so you were you were thinking okay i'm gonna be you know with the pistons and all of that let me go on and just try this makeup thing out and it stuck to you and it just stuck and and it's I had an opportunity to work with so many legendary Detroiters, you know, doing Martha Reeves, Kwame Kilpatrick, Judge Damon Keith, you know, doing makeup for, you know, people that made the city go around, you know, or built this city. It was just really a fascinating experience. Who, who, um, who did you, were you working with the firm? Were you just working freelancing? How, how did that work? I was freelancing and had an opportunity to work with Monica Morgan Photography. So okay. she's a, you know, just the heart and soul of photography in the city. Um, so yeah, to this day, yeah, to this still, day uh, right? I saw her at the Men of Excellence for uh, the Michigan Chronicle event this year, earlier this year. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. And Monica organizing planning shots yes she taught me how to move you know I always you know I had a certain way about myself but she taught me how to move in rooms where you know you were with the bigger the bigger fish so like she book. yeah so she taught me how to be in those rooms and take up space but not take up the space you know she taught me you know, she was probably my first introduction to customer service at this level. You know, that concierge type experience that needs to come when a creative is serving someone else. So working with her um, really shaped. It really gave me a great foundation as a makeup artist. And from there, I felt very confident moving forward with um, other projects that came about. So now as, as we talk about working in that space with photography, um and what that means we also just got the other question always like black woman in this space um as a black woman in the space where it's just not a lot of black people like Mm -hmm. how have you maneuvered 
in that corporate creative space, knowing that things are so subjective. Mm. So interestingly enough, each and every time I, I won't say each and every time, but most often when I have a chance to work a corporate opportunity, even if the client, you know, looks like me from a, you know, a, a black person or deeper skin tone perspective, they're surprised to see me. And they sort of relax and say, okay, I'm with someone that can get it or gets it. But that just speaks to, you know, inequalities we've seen in the beauty industry, you know, that have really just started to be addressed in 2020. Whereas, you know, um, colors and and just availability and, and product range just didn't cater to deeper skin tones. Very much so. Yeah. I mean, uh, earlier, a, a couple of episodes ago, Alyssa Space. Uh, yes, I'm familiar with her. Cosmetics, and she she's a chemist that creates her own uh, beauty line mm-hmm. of foundations and makeups and just... And, and we were speaking about her line and the success of that, but even the role of what uh, Rihanna has created just by honoring the fact that, like, okay, skin tones go deeper than, you know, the fairest yeah. skin black woman possibly. You know, the, the beautiful thing that Rihanna did is she said she was very intentional with her messaging. So I spent 13 years working for Mac Cosmetics and we had all shades. So you had a ton of deeper skin tones that catered to Mac because they could find their skin tones. So working with them, I never felt as if with that particular brand, there wasn't representation in colors. However, the messaging from the industry overall just didn't cater to black women. And when Fenty Beauty launched, it was just something very phenomenal to see her like boldly embrace the message of I'm here for you. Like we you you belong here. I have your shade. I'm addressing, you know, all of the gaps in the industry. I'm speaking up for the fact that there is this level of inequality specifically with deeper skin tones and I think messaging resonates with consumers. We that was the start of it from my eyes, right? When she launched, I started to see a shift in how consumers shop. They want the messaging to be on point. It's not just about, you know, can you dig in the drawer and find my shade? Is the messaging on point? And she did that very well. Um, I absolutely love, you know, shopping with her and other brands like Alyssa's brand. Um, I've had the pleasure of ordering and playing with a few of her shades, just seeing what she, you know, came um, came to the table with as a cosmetic chemist. Like, it's very remarkable to see black women say, you know what? We spend more money in this industry than any other race, and we want to be heard. We want to be represented, and it's not just in the product. It also needs to be in the messaging. So that definitely leads to um, when we speak about messaging, that, that's what brings you here to Detroit is Different, uh, the Lux experience. Mm-hmm. It's a collaborative effort, uh, black women coming together, doing business in this space. Mm-hmm. What is it to you? Why did you join? What what was appealing about this? You know, oh my gosh. Every time I'm asked this question, I feel like my answer keeps evolving um, 
just more and more. So I'll give you sort of what I'm feeling in this moment. The reason I um, joined Lux Collective is because I believed in what um, the founder Brandy was establishing specifically for you know women that I could relate to. I booked a shoot with Lux for my own brand and I was blown away with the the just the level of the attention to detail you know I felt catered to I felt like someone was paying attention to me I just I felt like a star and you know as women wives mothers you know just community leaders active all the things all the hats that we wear you don't always get the time to you know take for yourself or step into your own space and have people cater to you. So I had already said yes before my own personal experience. And once I had my personal experience, it was set in stone. Like I absolutely want to be a part of you creating this for other women. Okay. Okay. So your role, what's, what's your vision of what you see bringing to the table with the Lux Collective, the Lux Experience? What are you going to add that's signature for the Shea Bailey experience. Oh my gosh. So what I'm excited about is something we're working on right now. So first off, we have Luxperience. Luxperience is the experience that the client um, has, that, that catered experience they have when they book a photo shoot. So Luxperience is comprised of makeup, hair, if the client requests, wardrobe, you know, so all of that is Luxperience. What I'm excited about and what Shea Bailey has a chance to put her stamp on is the extension of that, which is called the Lux Collective. So after receiving, you know, more five-star reviews than we can count, so much community support, just hearing all the feedback that we were getting from clients and those around us, we decided, wait a second, there may be something that we can do for other creatives to show them the blueprint. So right now, as a um, collective, a um, number of us are working together to create a customer service um, blueprint for other creatives so that they can personalize their experience in hopes of getting the same feedback from their clients. That's deep. Okay. That sounds very, very creative. So usually I have a classic Detroit is different question to wrap, but with this one, I'm going to change it up a little bit. So for you, who would be your dream client to do makeup for? <laughs> wow. Um, that's a that's a Detroiter. Who who would be your dream, dead or alive? It could be it could be whomever. My dream client to do makeup for. And a Detroiter just on the Detroiter's different kick. And they are a Detroiter. Oh my gosh. Man, so many people are coming to mind. Uh, okay, I'm going to rip the Band-Aid off. And I'm going to say Rosa Parks. Hmm, interesting. Why? And the reason Rosa Parks comes to mind is um, at the time of her passing, I was working with her official photographer, which was Monica Morgan. And um, they were looking for makeup artists to, you know, be a part of her final dressing and I am not trained in that type of makeup so of course I didn't put myself in the hat for that opportunity 
And it always stands out to me because I say, man, you you were this close to having a chance to touch Rosa Parks, you know. And um, even though I didn't go for it because of my lack of training in that area, it's still a story that I tell um, to this day. So if I could go back and do anyone, it would be to wrap that in a bow and have a chance to um, to do her makeup. That's deep. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. How do the people get in contact with you connected to this project? The best way to contact me is um, via social media. Every um, handle is at Shay Be Beautiful. Um, again, at Shay Be Beautiful, S-H-A-Y-B and Beautiful. And you can go from there. All right. Thank you so much. Perfect. Thank you. Detroit is Different is where you get information, artistry, history, music, and even comedy. Detroit is Different, a home for the culture of Detroit. Visit online at DetroitIsDifferent.com today.